I'm sorry, I had the turntable at the wrong speed. Welcome to the Longo Combo, where changing your mind is valued. We're your hosts, Megan and Justin Longo, and we want to share our journey through topics new and old to find out how we can be more open-minded and update our beliefs based on new information. Our goal is to help people see that changing your mind should be celebrated and not demonized. All the while giving you a dose of what it's like to live in a household where an open mind is cherished. Hi everyone, we're back with part two of the Longo Convo's chat with Anaf Kalam about his journey through leaving Islam. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, you can take a look at our SoundCloud page and or if you're using Pocket Cast or Spotify, find episode 12, part one. And this will be episode 12, part two. Enjoy. The new religion is not, I am a believer in God. It's the new religion is... I am an anti-racist, anti-fascist, anti-sexist, anti-xenophobic, anti-xenophobic, anti-Islamophobic, whatever else. And I think that church is the one that's really wreaking more havoc with the best intentions today. And in the meantime, it's opening the doors for other groups like the radical Islamists to do what they will under their protection. Mm. Well, and it's interesting that is that actually a popular term calling this progressive movement a cathedral is that or did you just make that up because i hadn't heard that before but really it does kind of line up with catholicism in the, in the sense where you have to show that you believe you're yeah. constantly doing the work you're constantly proving to your priest and in this case i guess society or whoever the the state celebrity organization yeah. that's promoting these ideas um but taking a step back just uh, a few minutes ago, I'm curious if you've had direct contact with someone who's been through something just like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're sitting with a couple of people who have been <laughs> through something similar, but yeah. um, I'm just not as familiar with Islam. I What I know of it is what I learned when I was practicing Christianity. Mm. And as you know, a lot of the other Abrahamic religions don't necessarily, you know, yeah. talk about Islam <laughs> in the in the brightest light yeah so have you had any friends a support group any sort of community of people that you're like walking through this experience with yeah and I've actually been pretty fortunate to have some people like that um there's a national group uh called ex-muslims of north america ex-mna I worked with them for a few years and uh half of their work is you know basically organizing communities of like-minded people who have left islam um, sometimes that takes the form of, you know, just friends and people to connect with who are in your same boat. But the other half of that is actually speaking to people and working with them and with, uh, the embassies of their respective countries who are in those positions who might live in Pakistan, for instance, they find that, you know, they don't believe in Islam anymore. And all of a sudden, they have a bounty on their heads, and they need anybody and everybody who can help them. And XMNA does a lot of work for that sort of stuff. Um, I've been involved with that side of the work a little bit less, but uh, even informally on like Twitter and uh, even Instagram, people have uh, kind of maybe stumbled upon like an article or a podcast I've done, and they're like, "Oh, hey, like another ex-Muslim? Like I thought I was the only one." And uh, they might. You are not alone. Yeah, and really, it's it's a much bigger group of people than you might think. 
especially in uh, parts of the world, Middle East and uh, South Asia and North Africa, who don't really have the freedom to be as open as me and some of my colleagues have been, who rely on certain channels like Twitter, like YouTube, to kind of find other people who are willing to support them and willing to, you know, let them know they're not alone. Um, uh, I've I got a question a few steps back as yeah. well. When you had this conver- deconversion over a couple of days, <laughs> and then you finally were able to say out loud that you were not a Muslim anymore. Did that foundation cracking lead to a reconsideration of every everything else you believed? Yes. Um, and going back to what I said a, a few minutes ago about just... Uh, I mentioned that I would go to all these like free Palestine rallies or whatever. At the time, I was uh, I was into like f- uh, world politics, foreign affairs, and everything from the perspective of the uh, aggrieved, oppressed Muslim. Uh, how dare the evil West bomb our poor, innocent Palestinians and Iraqis? How dare you know there would be no such thing as terrorism if the if the evil West, the great Satan, as they say, didn't wasn't involved. Um, at the time, after high school, my first year in college, I actually started in electrical engineering. I switched halfway because I'm terrible at math and physics, and the other half because I, uh, I went into, basically I graduated with my degree in international relations and poli-sci, basically because I had kind of undergone such an for lack of a better word, like awakening, like I got woke, right? Like I, (laughs) (laughs) I drank, I drank the right Kool-Aid or so I think. And just, you know, all it takes is a couple of history books or a couple chapters from the right history books. And you're like, okay, there's a bigger picture here than America went and bombed a bunch of Muslims. So we had 9-11, right? There's a bigger picture than uh, our foreign policy is the reason why jihad exists. Um, and little things like that kind of uh, put me into connection with uh, actually some of the people I work for now. I work for a think tank called the Middle East Forum. And they, you know, before I knew anything about them or before I worked for them, I knew of them and I knew them as these evil white Jewish Zionist imperialist war hawk Bush era, whatever, Islamophobes. Uh, and then you just, you take a few national security classes, you, you do a bit of research about why these problems are even problems, and you're like, oh, we could have never, uh, we being America, we being the West, right? Uh, we could have never have done anything. We could have never sent a single bomber into any other part of the world. And these ideas of Islamist, not Islamic, but Islamist, I make the distinction, supremacy, would still be out there and they'd still be prevalent. And so from these circles, there were other things uh, just from, you know, hanging out with a new group of people where beyond religion, beyond foreign policy, I just learned new ideas. Uh, Maybe, uh, I'll quote my favorite British comedy, Peep Show. Uh, There's a line, Mark Corrigan, the main character, he's yelling at some tripped out, uh, dude on mushrooms at a party at his house, and he goes, look, and, and while we're at it, there are systems in the world for a reason. This isn't just a big 
box to keep you shut in. It's only the miracle of consumer capitalism that means you're not dying at 43 of gonorrhea with rotten teeth. And <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, maybe these old curmudgeons who tell us a bunch of stuff that sound unpleasant aren't evil. Maybe everyone isn't an Islamophobe. Maybe people just want to talk. Maybe people just want to learn things. Uh, and it was, it was a little after the deconversion from Islam where I actually found myself more thinking of myself honestly just as, uh, as an American, as uh, a free citizen of the world or of everyone's ideas. I can, I can go where the tide takes me and where the wind blows me, but at the end of the day, it's not the Quran and it's not a 7th century illiterate warlord telling me how to be. I, I think that is a perspective that someone like myself probably takes for granted because I don't have the relative perspective that you have knowing that if you had deconverted uh, in it, in another country, you might be killed and you might have to flee. And so you have a special appreciation for being here and being able to express whatever you'd like to express. Yes. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of, and I will call myself out, and only myself, because I don't want to speak for anybody <laughs> else, but I think, um, you know, hardcore libertarians, as much as we are shaking our fists at the state, and we're shaking our fists at state power, and a lot of uh, interventions in our own lives, you know, yeah, things like, you know, very, very dangerous things like the drug war, they're, they're, I'm not, I don't want to uh, sound like I'm... I don't appreciate how dangerous something like the drug war is, but they, I don't have the perspective of that you have knowing that, you know, I could be killed for changing my mind about something. And so, or for maybe doing this podcast. (laughs) And so, uh, that message that you just said is it resonates with me because I should have a little bit more of appreciation for, um, not being dead or not being threatened yeah. with death. <laughs> I, uh, and that is absolutely something that I endlessly will be appreciative of. Uh, that I did, that didn't really even occur to me even a few years ago. Um, if I was exactly myself, the same chemistry, same atoms making me up, like I'd be in fear for my life. And likely I would be in fear for my life uh, because there very well be maybe members of my own family who are out to kill me. Uh, every year on average, there's about a thousand, between a thousand and fifteen hundred honor killings, which is basically, uh, it, despite what, you know, a lot of sources will tell you, it is absolutely an Islamic practice. Um, there are people who, it could be, oh, you left the faith, uh, we need to defend this honor of our family, so we're going to kill you. Or it could even be, you know, you refuse to marry the suitor that we arranged for you, and so you have a bounty on your head now for the honor of our family. And it gets misinterpreted a lot because the work that I do with uh, my think tank, the articles I write, the kind of work I do is a lot of people see it, even people in my own family, and they're like, oh, you're just angry and you're out to, you know, take it out on Muslims. And it's really not that. I could care. I couldn't care less if you were a Muslim or not. But uh, whether you're a Muslim or you're an ex-Muslim, being in an environment that gives you the freedom to express that is great. Like the fact that there are people here in the United States who can protest and say, you know, Allah will reign supreme and whatever. It's like, yeah, that 
that's unfortunate that these people think this way, but it's great, you know, as, as horrible as their message might be, it's great that we live in a place where they're not being gunned down for delivering that message and where the rest of us have the freedom to be like, you guys are full of it and we're not going to listen to you. It's like, wow, like, what a blessing, right? Like we get to give you the finger and go about our day and not have to worry about the state coming that's after us. Yes, that's how I feel about communists. <laughs> so I really love this message of being grateful and kind of having perspective on, on this whole um, scenario and life experience. My question at this point in life, what does your quality of life look like now that if you can compare it to maybe what it was like with religion? Because yeah. how, how one person... Um, explained it to me once was it's kind of religion's kind of like a life raft when you're out in the middle of the ocean and when you don't have that anymore now you got to swim on your own and you don't have this safety net per se so has it affected your quality of life what's your quality of life like now and Mm. would you say you're happy I'm absolutely entirely happier and freer than I ever felt and much of that was actually, you know, to use just a, a term that's thrown around a lot, like it's shackles of your own mind, right? Like, mm. there's nothing that proves that you're going to, like, have your skin burn off and get, like, you know, reanimated to burn off again. But, but now, like, here I am, like, I'm not stuck in this mental bubble of reconciling faith with my own personal beliefs and ideas, And beyond that, just in the real world, I don't feel bad anymore about eating bacon or having a beer or getting tattoos or, uh, or, you know, dating people, right? Like, uh, whereas before everything in your life is just walking on eggshells. Uh, this is haram forbidden, right? Like, uh, you know, in Islam, like everything is haram. Like, uh, the local imam here at the main, well, formerly of the main Islamic center here, no thanks to me, uh. We can get into that later. Um, I still follow him, and on his Facebook, two days ago, he posted a big long thing about how music is haram. Those who play an instrument or, you know, listen to music are damned to hell. Two days ago, it was, to all of the sisters and the ladies, how if you're a woman and if you have a profile picture on social media, you're damned to hellfire. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you know, it's a little extreme. It's it's definitely a little extreme. <laughs> I, you know, I try to have this conversation. I'm glad that, you know, I'm able to have this being able to explain this as much as I can. But usually when I talk to just friends and colleagues over a drink or something over Islam and why I left, I'll say, yeah, basically what I told you. And then they'll come back and say, oh, yeah. But what about Christianity? What about the Crusades? What about, you know, uh, they don't want gays to get married. What about all that? That's Christianity for you. And it's like, that's Christians. And to be honest, a minority of Christians that I meet today, um, I am as opposed to theocracy, to, you know, the violence carried out in the name of Christianity, whatever. But, and this is true of Christians and Muslims. At the end of the day, uh, Muslims are not all representative of Islam, right? My family is not ISIS. Uh, Christianity, not all Christians. Actually, it's kind of a a reciprocal reverse here. It's that like Christianity, the things that people did in the name of Christianity that were horrible and bloody and violent and evil 
are not quite the things that Jesus Christ as a human being would do or advocate. And they're just doing that in the name of the faith. Whereas what people do, the horrible things that people have done in the name of Islam, I, I hate to say, are basically what the prophet would have commanded. They they don't have any other alternative, you know, like something like religion. It goes beyond politics. It goes beyond this life. It's it's the hereafter. It's eternity of either suffering or bliss, right? And and this is why you see pictures of suicide bombers moments before they detonate their bombs. And many of them you'll see are smiling in those photos. There's There's been a few cases where these uh, Taliban or Al-Qaeda members of, or even Hamas guys, suicide bombers, who encase their genitalia in steel underwear oh. to preserve it for the afterlife and for the virgins. The, the virgins, and the, yes, yeah. they, And it's hard to reconcile with people who genuinely, one, believe this to be the words of the creator of the universe, and two, they're just not given any other education in parts of the world like Pakistan, Saudi Arabia. This is all they've got. It's hard to really reconcile with those people. I've been lucky to be, you know, in the United States where there's a billion different ideas uh, represented by, you know, half a billion people. Uh, not everyone is that lucky and not everyone, you know, I don't, I'm not one of those people who think, oh, these people are growing up in the deserts of Afghanistan. They're just, you know, towel heads who can never, you know. They're, they're just going to worship their Allah and, and try and, and jihad us. It's like, no, I think if, if I could have come around, I think that most people probably can. Um, That's true. I, I think so. Just, uh, I, I just, it takes, it takes a, a special experience. Yeah. You know, and for takes, you, that was Char- Charlie Hebdo. Can you, in your mind, can you ever, is it possible for people to separate islam and politics are there are are there practicing muslims that simply do the religion and don't do don't give a shit about the politics that is uh you know it would be it would be wishful thinking for me to be like oh i wish every single muslim would become an atheist that'd be great right but alas there's nearly two billion of them uh of us us old habits die hard um but uh what are you identifying at right now as right now just, uh, agnostic <laughs> okay. i'd say uh to say i'm an atheist would be the same degree of faith to say i'm a muslim or a christian right i just don't know and i don't really care anymore <laughs> life is great it's gotten exponentially better since i stopped caring so i'll just keep it that way uh <laughs> Maybe I'll learn that the the correct god is the one is the god of uh, gin and marijuana and yeah. doom metal, like, <laughs> and then then I'm getting into heaven. But uh, wait, wait, I, I, this is really I'm really happy you brought that up because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to push back and yeah. I may I may fail. I may I'm gonna try to push back on the idea that it takes faith to be an atheist. So the idea is like you. It's just as wrong to believe in God as to say that there is no God, right? You're saying it takes, it takes just as much faith to believe in a God as it is to say that I'm absolute, I'm certain that there is no God. Isn't that the argument? For the most part, yes. And it actually didn't sway me for a while until I just kind of thought about it myself. Uh, there's a, probably a million religions that I've never even heard of, right? What if one of those are the right ones? Then I may as well be saying that I am an atheist, uh, to all of the religions that I've ever heard of, except for the one that I've never heard of that happens to be true. Like, how could I or anybody ever know that? 
It so, could be Hanuman the monkey god, right? Like Zeus or yeah. Poseidon. Uh, they've got equal claims to their... Harambe? Yeah. You believe Harambe if, could... If, if he erected a church on <laughs> Cap Hill, you'd find me there on Sundays. <laughs> so I, I think the, the, the thing, the problem I have with that, that idea is that for some reason, and it's probably a good reason... Because there's the uh, there's a num there's so many numbers of people that believe in God, but we have a special term for not believing in God. Yeah. So there is a bunch of you know as a typical atheist or agnostic agnostic, I would say there are a number, a dozens, hundreds of of imagined beings, yeah. unicorns, leprechauns, for example, fairies. So let's just say. Unicorns, leprechauns, fairies, right? Mm. There's no word yeah. that we have that says, I don't believe in, I'm an A unicornist. I'm an A <laughs> leprechaunist. Yeah. I'm an A fairyist, yeah. right? But Me too. If you if you put God, gods in the same category as leprechauns and unicorns and fairies, right. why do we, tr- no one has to say, well, I'm agnostic when it comes to unicorns. Yeah. But yet we have right. to say, yeah, I'm no, agnostic that's... when it comes to God. And yeah. I put, so. That's a fair point. Um, that, that's why I have a problem with that because it's just, there's a special category for this mystical thing, yeah. but there's a bunch of mystical things. Yeah. And why, why is this one mystical thing treated differently? And I, and I think the answer is because a zillion people believe in, right. in, in some version of this mystical thing. It's right. not, there's not a zillion people that believe in leprechauns or varying versions of leprechaunism. Right. <laughs> But, uh, Beaky. yeah, um, so what you, that, that, that's my best attempt at pushing back. on Yeah, that. no. And I mean, it's a fair point. Um, at the end of the day, it really is just kind of the degree of faith that, um, cause I can't be certain of anything, right? I can't even be certain that how my, postmodern of you, how very, right. Maybe this table doesn't exist. Maybe this glass isn't here. How well, do you know? I've enjoyed that glass sufficiently. <laughs> so I know it exists, but, uh, no, uh, it's it's like, how can you dismiss something that may well have not occurred to you or been exposed to you before? It may be, like the founding fathers, uh, they weren't religious, but they were basically deists, right? They they didn't believe in anything exposed to them at the time, but what they did believe is that let's say there is a god. If there is a god, I don't think that he's very concerned with the affairs of humans because you'd think he would just be bigger than that. Yeah. And, um, well, he cares about who wins the football game. That's why we right, pray to right. him. That's, uh, that's please, why God, we go to church. hit uh, this field goal, please. If you, <laughs> yeah, and um, I, it's really just like I can't be certain that there is no God. I don't believe in a God. Uh, from the evidence that I have today, I'm certain there's no God. But from the evidence we had 150 years ago, the best we knew about anthropology was that the shape of your skull dictated your intelligence. And everyone's like, oh, but this is, we know this to be true. Come on. And yeah. and now we're like, okay, that's bullshit. Then you end up um, with eugenics. <laughs> yes. And yeah. uh, at the end of the day, it's like, look, maybe the world goes to hell in a handbasket and it's blown up and we don't get any answers. But at the end of the day, in some distant world, there's something or some guy. And it's not even to say that he's worthy of worship, right? But I just don't know, right? Um, I believe in evolution and the Big Bang and in all of that. But there's certainly things that I can't pretend to know and that even scientists right now can't pretend to know. 
And the point, even, you know, the scientific method, the point of it is not to prove anything, it's to disprove. And it's, it's, to, uh, it's to collect evidence uh, to support hypotheses. And that's kind of, if I said I was an atheist, it would close a lot of avenues for me. Uh, but to say I'm an agnostic means it's really more of a way for me to say I don't care. Uh, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to hear people out. But religion is just not something that I put into my day-to-day life anymore. Uh, if you can convince me of the opposite, feel free and I'll listen if you've got something. But until then, I'm uh, skating and uh, not sweet picking. And uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think... Uh, I think that's a really great message to end on because that kind of embodies what this podcast that we're trying to do is all about is you're going to come across new information and a very peaceful and mindful place to be is a place of an open mind, like being in a position to say, well, maybe that or maybe not. Yeah. But having it open-ended is, is it kind of gives you more power I think it's more fun. It makes life yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just when anytime somebody says that you that they think they've got it all figured out, that's the last person I want to talk to at yeah, the bar. Exactly. Because uh, what do you even talk about uh, other than having their ideas shoved down your throat? Uh, exactly. There's no room, right? Like. Yeah. There's no room I for like, discourse yeah. and learning and adventure. I in, like to be proven mind. wrong, right? Like mm-hmm. it's uh, it's. Yeah, and it means yeah, it means tomorrow you have a whole new set of information to dissect and trigger you, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, this was very enlightening, and I really appreciate you sharing a personal story because I know that you know it's not easy to do that, especially on this will be on the interwebs, yeah. and then you know you may you may have a bounty on your head uh, yeah, next I'm week. So hopefully gotta, that's not the case. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I just gotta <laughs> cancel a few trips to Bangladesh <laughs> and Pakistan, yeah. and we'll be okay. But. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you.